This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. When the time comes to plan your next big getaway, know we got a destination idea for you. Orlando. Just think about it. The thrills at their 15 world-class theme parks, followed by awesome outdoor adventures, amazing food festivals, and top-notch dining spots. Orlando has all that and much more than you'd expect. In Orlando, anything is possible if you can imagine it. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. That's visitorlando.com for everything you need for an amazing getaway. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Y'all, welcome back. We are new episode of Her with Amina Brown this week. And I'm excited for many reasons, y'all. I'm excited because since I've launched this podcast, this is my first, or I guess I should say since I relaunched the podcast in September, this is my first in-person conversation to have. Secondly, I am having this conversation with my sister, Makita Lewis. We're here together. I normally tell y'all we're creating a her living room space. We are technically in my husband's studio, though. (laughs) But we were in the living room just a few minutes ago, so that's fine. First of all, let me tell you a little bit about my sister. She is a visual artist, as well as being an art curator. But for some reason, I want to say curator. That's because you're bougie. (laughs) (laughs) She's freaking amazing. Also, yes, we do know our mom is listening and she knows that we're going to be cussing on this episode. Goodbye. Sorry, mom. Love you. Love you so much, mom. Love you, mom. Love you very much. So I had an idea. We're recording this during the summer of 2021. And I had an idea of not necessarily wanting to do a set of interviews, but wanting to do a set of conversations. And my sister was the first one to come to mind. My assistant, Lee and I were talking about a conversation that you and I were having Kita. Mm. I'll be calling her Kita, but it don't mean y'all can. Anyways, so I was telling her about a conversation you and I were having and Lee was like, oh my gosh, I would love to hear this on a podcast. 
And she was like, I've actually watched you and your sister like interacting before in person because Lee was here visiting one time when you came over. Mm -hmm. And she was like, I just think it would make like a really good episode. And also like, I'm super curious (laughs) to know what y'all have to say about these things. So that transpired now into, I think I'm going to do a set of episodes, y'all, that will be with people that I actually have close relationship to in my life. And I thought it would be nice to have some conversation around friendships, Mm -hmm. around family relationships that also turn Mm -hmm. into friendships. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I just thought it would be dope for my sister and I to politic in part what we would do when we're together. 75% of that is not for you all. (laughs) Yeah, it'd be a lot of shit talking in personal things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we're just taking a little slice of what we would normally be doing. Yeah. And maybe you're listening and you also have a sister. You want to hear this, discuss what sisterhood is like. Maybe you were growing up and always wanted a sister and... And I think it's also just interesting to me, the relationships we have in our family that can convert over into friends. Yeah. And I can definitely say that my sister is one of my best friends. (laughs) I know, I know. I feel emotional. (laughs) I totally felt my feelings just now saying that. So, okay, Kita, I want to get into like the dynamics of being sisters. Right. But I guess since I was here first, I will tell the story of how you got here. Not pulling rank. Bloop. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes on bikes. Yikes. Uh, not nah, I need the big piece of chicken because I'd be working the hardest. Yikes. 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 Uh, so, y'all, Kita and I are almost 11 years apart. Really? Yeah. I was 10 when you were born. You were born in March and I was 10. And then you turned 11? I turned 11 that May. Really? Yeah. We're like 10 years, 10 months to the day apart because both of our birthdays are on the 20th of the month. It's the alignment for me. Mm -hmm, Very much aligned and we love to see it. Love that for us. Mm -hmm. So I always wanted a sister. I would like have these dreams of like, I wonder if it's possible somehow that I have a sister who's my same age, but she lives somewhere else in the world. And like, we're like twin sisters, but she's having a whole other experience, you know, in whatever country she lives in, you know, whatever. So when our mom told me that she was pregnant, I was like, this has to be a girl. I just don't know what other way. And I had also decided that if it turned out to be a boy, that I was going to find somewhere else to live. I don't think I had nailed down... Not you at the Motel 8. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm getting ready to go somewhere. I, I think I had narrowed down. Like, maybe I could go live with my dad or maybe I can go live with grandma. I think I had like some primary, secondary choices there. <laughs> but I was like, it's not going to be in this house. I'm leaving this place. It really changed my life in a lot of good ways that you became my sister. I feel like, first of all, I got a real close-up look at what it's like for someone to have a baby. <laughs> a lie about that. I was like, oh, this is different than, you know, when I'm holding my dolls and do do. And then I just put you down and go somewhere for three days. <laughs> nah, bro. <laughs> Don't come back. Ain't none of that. Yeah. Like Kita was, I mean, what a normal baby would be doing, I guess. Like waking up every two hours. You were like every two hours on the clock waking up like I'm hungry. I need this diaper change. I need y'all to attend to these things. And you would go to sleep. And then you got to a certain age where you would stay up in the middle of the night. And I think that was because our mom is a nurse. She was working nights while she was pregnant with you. 
So you got to maybe like five or six months where you would get to like 11 and you would just sit up till like 4 a.m. You weren't crying or anything. You would just sit there looking at me. <laughs> I was like, okay. So I feel like it gave me a very realistic like, okay, this is what newborn babies are really like. Like I learned a lot of that. And mom let me, you know, learn how to like warm up your bottles and stuff. And like a lot of those like caretaking things that I learned. But I also think, you know, I had never felt such a fierce feeling that I would fight someone if they laid a hand on you feelings. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And I think like watching you as like so small Mm -hmm. and being like defenseless, you can't fight for yourself. You can't speak up for yourself. Yeah. And I definitely felt that sense of responsibility. Like, I don't care yeah. who you is, yeah, what yeah, you yeah. said. I don't care. Yeah. It better not be a follicle turned over the wrong direction. <laughs> turned over the wrong direction? Because <laughs> he's so weak. I don't care. Better not be. Better not be. So I've never gotten to ask you this. What was your experience like? Okay, and I guess I should say in our family unit, it was really like the four of us. It was my sister and I. Our mom and our grandmother, I feel like. But grandma didn't show up until you was about to leave. You're right about that. It was really, it was, it just, was really just the three of yeah, us. Yeah, it was three musketeers. Until you were like eight. Yeah. And then grandma came and moved down there. Okay, so before grandma moved, what was it like to you growing up being a younger sibling? I just remember being really obsessed with you. Like I wanted to be in all your shit, like all <laughs> your things, like all the things that I was doing to like ruin your day and like ruin your clothes. It was really just because I just wanted to be in your business. <laughs> Like, I don't remember ever actually thinking that I wanted to annoy you or, like, piss you off, even though I'm sure I did. But I just remember, like, just wanting to be in your things. Like, whatever your things were, I wanted to be all in it. Like, that time I put baby oil in your shoes. I was about to bring that up because we were, like... I mean, my mom is still a very church-going person still. But, like, as a family, we were, like, even more church-going then because the church we went to, it was, like, a thousand activities to do. It was, like, a lot, a lot. Yeah. So I sang in the choir, and we had to wear... Those of y'all that grew up in a Black church may remember doing this, that we had to wear black and white on Sundays. We had to wear, like, a white top and a black skirt, also black pantyhose, and then black shoes to match. Well, you had to wear black pantyhose, not nude? Yeah. Did they even have nudes for like brown people back I'm, then? I'm going like, to go with... Ones? Maybe they did. I think maybe just around the late 80s, there were starting to be... I mean, there weren't as many gradations as some companies have now. Right. But there was like a dark brown. You could get away with a dark brown in church. I think it was mostly black pantyhose. Okay. I also want to give a dishonorable mention for... <laughs> <laughs> it's not an honorable mention. <laughs> But I want to give a dishonorable mention for, first of all, being questioned about what undergarments I was wearing under my white blouse in church. They and were being very concerned about your bra. Super concerned about and your, your bra and your slip or your camisole. <laughs> Camisoles are so <laughs> aggravating. Like, literally, the concept to me right now does not even make any sense. Like, I cannot imagine, like, wow, I'm about to put this shirt on. Let me put another shirt on under it. <laughs> <laughs> what type of shit is that? Like... What? Mom had told me that if you wear white, you should wear black undergarments. Like your bra right. should be black. And if you, if for whatever reason, you're wearing some sort of tank top or whatever, it should be black. Right. So that nobody like is seeing Sees your situation. Yeah. But then in church, they would be like, it should be white. So we know you got it on. I also had like my shoes that I wore to sing in the choir. 
the way our church was set up, there were two services in the morning. And then there was like a period of five hours that you had after the second service to like eat food, take some kind of nap. And then there was like a service that happened at night at seven o'clock. Like it really, really was used to like be a, a whole job. The day. What the hell? It really was like a whole job. So in the intermittent time, sometimes when Kita was little, she would like get into something. When you were maybe like four years old, you got into some hair products. I think your intention was to mix your own hair product and it became some like Vaseline and pink oil moisturizer. I mean, I saw the science that you were trying to go with and then you just dipped your (laughs) hands, like you cupped your hands into whatever you were mixing it in and you slathered it on your hair. I remember we were like in the tub using like Dawn trying to get the oil out of your hair. Bless our hearts. (laughs) So then... By the time Kita got to be like six, there was one Sunday that she decided to put baby oil in my choir shoes that I always wore to sing in the choir. And y'all, I woke up from my little church nap and the insoles (laughs) of that shoe were like floating inside of the shoe. That's how much oil (laughs) was in there. And because our mom was a single mom, you know, you get that shoe like once a year and you can ready to rock it until it looks bad and makes her look bad. (laughs) Or (laughs) the specificity and makes her look bad. bad. Not looks bad and you feel bad. No, but if it makes her look bad, because what you're not going to do is embarrass our mother (laughs) on God. You're not going to embarrass her. So so if the shoe looks bad enough that it makes her look bad, then you get a new shoe. Or if your feet grow and now you can't fit the shoe, she's not going to let you be in the shoe. Your feet hurting. Okay. But otherwise, sis, you got to rock with this. And so I was squishing around (laughs) in those shoes for the rest of the year. (laughs) I'm so weak. Oh, my God. I was squishing around. I did not know mom made you keep wearing those Definitely. Shoes. I had to like put the paper towels. <laughs> I tried to dry them hoes out. My little heels was extra moisturized. I mean, maybe that was part of the blessing. <laughs> you know, my little feet was extra moisturized during that time. I didn't even have to put lotion on my feet. I just put them in those shoes. <laughs> oh my God, my face hurts. I can't. I can't. Oh my God, I'm so dead. Yeah. I was just really like attached to you. Like inside of myself, there was like a really strong attachment, like a need for your attention and your like presence and affection, even though you were not very affectionate. It's not a lie. You like generally weren't like super into affection, but then like I made it worse by like always being on you. Like it was giving like those little toy monkeys with the Velcro hands. (laughs) It was very that. And you'd be like, oh my God. I also remember feeling like a strong offense. One, when other people were around like taking your attention and two, when it was niggas around. (laughs) But like, yeah, when it was dudes around, I will always be like, what the fuck? (laughs) As you know, I mean, I hold all your grudges. I don't care that you've forgiven them and that you're polite. That's great. Love that for you. We love the high road. If y'all go low, I'm going to hell. It's not a lie. So you be like, yeah, I saw such and such. I'm sorry, who? Blue. I've had all whoever see me out at a thing and be like, hey, keep, I know you're not speaking to me. And I know you weren't about to call me Kita either. Like, we're comfortable. Okay, because I told y'all that that name is reserved for a very small number of people. And if you know, you know. If that's you, you know. Yeah. I just remember feeling, like, very attached to you. And, like, it's only been within the last, like, 10 years that, like, I think that attachment 
has been illuminated to me or that initial attachment has been illuminated to me in some ways, like as manifesting in an unhealthy way. Like when you got married, Mm. I remember like being really sad, like not even like just the day of you getting married, but like the period of time where like you and Matt met, like y'all were dating and stuff. Even though like I remember feeling genuinely happy for you, but I was also really like hurt. Yeah. I like get really that. like sad because mm-hmm. obviously like you were spending time with your man, like, which is fine. Like objectively, that's fine. And so like I just could not like get it together. And I think like probably shortly before y'all got married, I was reading Till We Have Faces by C.S. Mm-hmm. Lewis. Mm-hmm. And because it's like a retelling of the story of Psyche and I guess her older sister, mm-hmm. I remember reading it and like at the end of the book, like it was just this really solid transformation for me on like how I should love you. Like Mm. that there are good things here intrinsically for how I love you, but that like there was some of it that was more about me and what I wanted from you and who I wanted you to be to me and not like loving you just for existing. Right. And also loving you for the blessing of like, dang, that's crazy. My mom had two kids and like one of them is my best friend. Yo. Like, I literally thought that to myself like two weeks ago. I was like, that's crazy. My mom really had me and my best friend. That's wild. Wow. Because it's like some people get to have the experience where they're like, wow, like I lived in that neighborhood and I ended up living in the same neighborhood with somebody that totally became my best friend. But like, you never think. And I totally would not have been able to envision that when we were children. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I I always felt like we was going to be cool and love each other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the vibes were always good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think at that time I would have thought like, oh, well, there'll be this like separation Mm -hmm, and like she'll mm -hmm, have her friends mm -hmm, and I'll have my mm -hmm, friends, mm -hmm, you know, and we still mm -hmm. have that. Yeah, 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 we do. But I do feel like as grown women, there have been some moments, particularly for me in this last like decade of our life where I've been like, yo, she really knows me. Yeah, bro. This really my nigga. Like, really, really knows me. Yeah. Wow. Like, I can count on one hand the amount of people that know me like that. Yeah. And there's particular ways that only you know me. Yeah, yeah. Because we grew up as siblings Mm -hmm. in the same household, Mm -hmm. even with our ages, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. even with the years we had apart. I mean, I also resonate with what you said about that moment of me getting ready to get married and how like that shifted in you like, oh, this is how I need to Mm -hmm. love my sister. Mm -hmm. I feel like for me, I realized when you got into your maybe your early 20s going into your mid 20s, I realized like I had these dreams for you Mm -hmm. that I had had in my mind of like, here's the life I think it would be great for my sister Mm -hmm, to have. mm -hmm. Here are the types of relationships, Mm -hmm, you know, I mm -hmm. want for my sister to have. I mean, I don't do this poem anymore, but there was like an initial poem that I had written that was sort of that, was sort of me saying, like, it's me telling those stories about here's this, you know, beginning time, all that stuff I was saying at the beginning of the episode about these things I'm thinking as, you know, even Mm -hmm. being jealous Mm -hmm. when you were first born and being like, all these people is coming here to visit somebody who can't do nothing but eat. And go to the bathroom? They really wasn't coming to see you. Oh, my gosh. I would literally open the door and be like, she's over there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, fine. I'll I'll put the gift over there. Uh Oh, my God. I wish I could see this eye roll, bro. That shit was legendary. I'm screaming. She's over there. I didn't care. I was like, "Mm." you know, but like in the poem, sort of, I was laying out for you here are the dreams that I have for you or for your life. Yeah. And once you, like, got into that, like, about to end college, 
And then when you were graduating from college into your mid-20s was when I realized like, yo, I think you have some dreams for her that she doesn't have for herself. Yeah. And that's not what she wants for herself. Yeah. And you should want for her what she wants for herself. Yeah. That that's how you love her as an older sibling. Yeah. Yeah. Want for her what she wants for herself, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. I think that was a helpful, like, get healthier thing for me too. Yeah. Because then as we got older, then I felt like I had more openness to Mm -hmm. be like, what do you want in this season of your life professionally? What kind of relationships yeah. do you want? What kind of partners do you want to have? Yeah. You know, like otherwise, I think if I hadn't had that moment, I think that would have been like a strong stop on us being able to be friends because you would have been trying to be yourself and I'm trying to get you to be yeah. somebody that I had in my mind when you were eight. And like, that's not fair to 25-year-old you. Yeah, or a 30-year-old you, that's yeah. not fair yeah. to be like, and not even what I thought you were going to be, what I wanted, yeah. still me, like, if I'm enforcing my ideas. Yeah. And I think that really opened up the door. I also feel like at this point, I would have been like, girl, shut your ass up and get on in here and eat this food. <laughs> I'm playing with you. Okay. I'm not going to argue about this. No, at all. And I do feel like that in our family unit, like, that is a trait that I do love especially among me, you, and mom. Yeah. Because I do feel like it's like, I'm going to ride for you. And even if you've made a decision and I don't like it, Mm -hmm. even if you're dating somebody Mm -hmm. and I don't Mm -hmm. rock with them, Mm -hmm. you know, like even if like I thought when you guys just fork in a row, you're supposed to turn this way and you Mm -hmm. didn't. Like I might be mad as hell about it. Yeah. But I'm still rocking Still in the passenger seat. Yeah. I don't care. Yeah. Like, you're doing an event, I'm still showing up there because I'm proud as hell of you. And I really do love that for us. Yeah, same. You know? Same, same. We both have had moments where different times of life where mom was like, I really don't rock with this thing you've done. Yeah. And mom's chest be tight. But she be there, though. Bro. (laughs) You so right. You so right. I remember the first time when I first told mom that I was dating a woman and... I had some art thing, some art show. And my girlfriend at the time was an artist too. She was there. And my mom came to like, I'd usually be telling her to come early because you know, the art things began hype. It'd be turned <laughs> into a party like real quick. Like if it opens at seven, by like 7.45 is a function. So she came and she looked at my art and she was getting ready to leave. And she was like, oh, you know, where's Ariel? We have to take a picture together. And I was like, wait, what? Yo. Like I was really shook because there was no conversation between like the initial like, yeah letting you know. And like, yeah. that was a hard moment. And then like her being like, okay, we have to take a selfie together. So I was definitely shook. Yo. But those are definitely the vibes. Like, yeah, I feel a way about this thing, but also I love you. Yeah. And I love you happy. And like, that's not going to stop me like celebrating you. Celebrating and, like, you and being you. in relationship with you. Yeah, like, absolutely not. I don't care. Like, yeah. certainly have been times that you have watched me date some people that you were like, I really don't want to see this person ever. Yeah, and and vice versa. Yeah, you know, but like, you would be like, you have an open mic, I'll be over there. I know they're going to be there and I ain't going to like it, but I'm going to be over there because I'm not going to distance myself from you because you've made a decision that like, I don't rock with. Right, And I do love that for us because I feel like that leaves this open-handedness of like, yo, like, I love you, but you know your life the best. Yeah. And I'm trusting that even if I'm getting the bad vibes, that you're going to get them eventually. Yeah. It's about like trusting this person, like trusting their own ability to like discern and take care of themselves. But also like it's helpful nurturing that trust when you know that like you're not going to be abandoned just because somebody doesn't like a decision that you've made or that you're not going to be 
dragged through the mud because someone that's supposed to love you doesn't like what you're doing. Like, that just opens up this level of, like, I still feel like I can talk to you about anything. And honestly, the older I get, not only is it easier for me to spot some bullshit more quickly, it's also easier for me to know, like, I might approach you with something and you're going to be like, this some bullshit. <laughs> so, so, like, at least 80% of the time, I'll be like, no, I'll be knowing, like, yeah, Mina probably going to be like, this some bullshit, but I'm going to talk to her about it anyway because it's my friend. And we're going to laugh about it, even if you think it's some bullshit. Okay. As long as it's not no, like, dire. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, And even in that, it's like, even if it is dire, I have to say, hey, these are the danger zones I feel. Yeah. But I still have to, like, trust that you're going to take whatever I say, put it through your own filters and wisdom and yeah. what you really want for your life. And I, I do think for me, a big part of me being like, yo, I need to really like embrace who my sister is and not the life I have wanted for her was mm-hmm. the first time that you told me you were in love with a woman. Mm-hmm. And just along the journey of you sharing with me, this is me. Yeah. You know, yeah. like I'm a queer Black woman. This is me. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And I think with us growing up in a house where there were no men, it was like, I feel like of the two of us, like even like little small things that I've read to Kita where like I have found little things I was writing as a child. And I was like, was I just a little conservative as a little girl? Like, why was I writing these things? (laughs) So I feel like there was this very like way that I thought I could fix that. Right. And I felt like because we both for various asundry reasons were growing up without our fathers in the home yeah. and without them being in our lives very much, really. Yeah. Like, I think I had this dream for us. Right. You know, like, we're going to grow up and, man, I really want us both to, like... Now, of course, y'all know that this was me also being, at that time, not only in a... Probably having conservative thoughts, but because they were Christian and conservative, right? Right. right. So in my mind, it was like, this is what changes things. Keita and I will both grow up. We'll marry these good men, yeah. you know, we'll have children and that's how we'll, air right, quotes, right. break the cycle, whatever that is, right, you know? Right. So it was like this thing I envisioned for myself at the time, but I also was envisioning it for you. Yeah. And as you were sharing with me, hey, I'm queer. Yeah. Then I had to be like, yo, you're putting on your sister this thing you think. Yeah. This thing you, first of all, you know, goes to therapy, but this thing you think that's going to fix, you know, some choices adults made yeah, that affected us as yeah. kids, but wasn't on us as children. Yeah. You know, it was the choices the adults made. They were unfortunate in some regards. But I think as you began to open up and share that with me, mm-hmm. I sort of started like, Digging back in there and being like, okay, let's get rid of all this previous thought. And mm-hmm. like, what is the thing you want most mm-hmm. for your sister? And I was like, I want my sister to be free to love. Mm-hmm. And I want my sister to be loved mm. well. And whoever that is, I want that for my sister. Yeah. And when you were like, it's a woman. If it's not this woman, it gonna be a woman. Period. Then I was like, yo, then I want that for my sister because it's who my sister is and it's what my sister wants for herself. Yeah. I wouldn't even just say, Keita, like it made things easier. I just feel like it made it more true between yeah. us. Yeah, for you sure. You know, it's more honest then. Like, all right, say word. Now, like, now I'm dealing with you. Yeah. Not like some other thing I've made up. Something that I've always appreciated about you. I feel like when you don't understand things, especially in the last, you know, like as we've gotten older, I feel like when you don't understand things, you ask questions or you read or you like sit with it and think for a while 
I mean, every time I talk about you, niggas be so amazed, bro. <laughs> and I'll be like, y'all be hating y'all siblings or y'all dead ass right now? <laughs> Yo. Like, y'all dead ass. Yo. Like, this, that's not your bestie. Bro, people be twins and they hate each other. Yo. Or they're just not that close. They right. don't be hatred, but they just like, you know, they be, they're like very, very concerned with like separating themselves from mm. like a close relationship with their siblings. And I'll be like, I can't even imagine at this point now, like. I don't even care. Like, if you moved somewhere else, like, I still feel like there would be like a certain amount of times a year that I would be like, okay, well, um, this is the week I'm off. Is you going to be off that week? If you're yeah, not pretty off, it's much. okay. I can still come and, yeah. you know, we could just hang out, you yeah, know, when you're much. done with work or whatever you're doing. Yeah. Okay, well, let me book these flight. Like, yeah, I would still yeah, be same. like, yeah. I really don't care. Yeah. But okay, let's take it back because this is the thing I wanted to ask you about. Like, I want to sort of trace back, like, how the being sisters actually becomes friends. Because, of course, right. I feel like we all have family members yeah. that we're like, oh, that's my, you know, insert whatever their family member, uh-huh. you know, relation is to you. That you're like, yeah, we're we're just not friends. Like, we yeah. do have blood relation or mm-hmm. we were raised yeah. in the same family, same hometown, right. saw each other all the time. It's like, I have plenty of family members that I'm like, yeah, I would never want to kick it with you. Like, I don't want to, like, really share my life with you on a level. Like, but I like it if we're at the reunion together. Or we're right. at some family function. Like, I like seeing you. I like knowing you're good and stuff like that. But, yeah. like... I like seeing you while I walk by and say, hey. Yeah. And you know, take maybe... my plate to the table across the kitchen. <sighs> okay. Because I don't actually want to sit next to you and talk about I don't about really want to be it. chatting you like that. And I'm okay with it. And, like, you're okay with it. You know? But there are some family members I have that I'm like, yo, like, I think actually if we weren't in the same family, we actually, like, would be friends in real life. Like, I feel like if you weren't my sister and, like, we both were on the art scene and somehow met each other, I just feel like the vibes are there. But I feel like I saw a transition in you when you were getting ready to become a teenager, when you were hitting, like, 13, Yeah, for sure, absolutely. And I feel like when you were, like, a little kid, (laughs) y'all, every time I would come home from college, I would always leave something that I didn't mean to leave. And then... Kita would send me either drawings of herself wearing the thing, if it was a piece of clothing wearing the thing that I left, or I would see pictures of you later wearing the thing that I left, which I always thought was hilarious. (laughs) I would never quite figure out what I had left or if I had left it, but I would either come home the next time or you would send me a picture sometimes and be like, this is me in this shirt that you had left. I'm so weak. But I've been wearing it to school and everything's been going fine. So I feel like you had like a time like that. And then right when you started to get to like 13, then it started to like, instead of me calling and you being like, Mina, blah, 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 happened at school. And then like, you wouldn't believe mom said this and then we went to church and they said that. And then I was like, oh man. And then I started working on this and I started like, you would tell me like all the things. And then you got to be like 13 and I would be like, hey, how's school going? And you'd be like, it's fine. I was like, oh, okay. So um, do you have like a like a favorite subject or anything? No, not really. Oh, cool, cool. So um, like, you know, how about your friends? You have like some friends you like to hang out with? Yeah. And I was like... You were struggling. Yo. Uh, oh, my sister. Because I was like, what does it mean that like she went from telling me like all the details of everything to like now I'm getting like one word answers. Oh my god! And I was like, I don't want to lose my relationship with my sister. So like, how do I get her to like talk to me? And of course, you and I have talked about this before, but at that time you were really into Avril Lavigne. Yes. Uh, Ooh. He was a skater boy. She said, see you later. Yes. Boy. He wasn't good enough for her. He was a boy. 
Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you know I make it any more obvious? Do 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 do. Whew. I'm gonna have to go back and listen to that. I ain't gonna lie about it. I ain't gonna lie about that it. That is good vintage, like fake emo alternative girl. I'm gonna lie things. about it. Okay, quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. Obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform with one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. And you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash stereo right now. NetSuite.com slash stereo. NetSuite.com slash stereo. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood, a brand that's truly close to my heart because it was founded in my kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton. Today, Laird Superfood boasts an amazing lineup of products, all crafted with the highest quality plant-based ingredients. Think functional mushrooms, real fruits and veggies. What makes us unique? We're committed to using only real ingredients, no artificial and no natural flavors. Two of my absolute favorites are prebiotic daily greens, really great tasting, and we've added some mushrooms to support your gut even a little more. Then there's our instant latte lineup. We've got instant mocha, instant latte, chai. If you want to discover Laird Superfood, you can do it at your local retailer on Amazon or at LairdSuperfood.com. And if you put in the code GABBY2024 on our website, you'll get an exclusive 20% off your first purchase. When the time comes to plan your next big getaway, know we got a destination idea for you. Orlando. Just think about it. The thrills at their 15 world-class theme parks, followed by awesome outdoor adventures, amazing food festivals, and top-notch dining spots. Orlando has all that and much more than you'd expect. In Orlando, anything is possible if you can imagine it. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com. That's visitorlando.com for everything you need for an amazing getaway. Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat, so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great too with thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a chill mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. (laughs) 
So whatever I was able to get out of you, that you were listening to that. Yeah. And I think you were listening to a little bit of Lil Bow Wow. I remember I was working corporate at the time. I had been hired as a writer for Redacted Fortune 500 Company. (laughs) (laughs) It's the legal protection for Mm -hmm. me. Yes. I'm screaming. For Redacted Company. And y'all probably heard me talk about this on the podcast before. I've been hired with three other women in our same position. So we did all of our little breaks and stuff together. And it was two Black women, one Korean woman, and one white woman. It's the four of us. And so we would have all of our breaks, meals, most of that all together. And so I came back to work after you said that to me. And I was like, I don't even know where to begin. And y'all, at the time that Keita's saying this to me, this is not like you could go to Apple Music. No, you had to take your ass to a store. Yeah, you had to get a hold of like a CD somewhere. And I wouldn't even, I can't even remember the periods of time that Napster was online or offline because that was always like a tricky thing of when it got shut down for a while and whatever. And I was like, and then sometimes people downloaded things from over there or um, LimeWire. There's a bunch of I other ones. I love me some LimeWire. Okay. But then like you would get the song and a virus. <laughs> <laughs> or it would be a completely different song. And you'd be like, what is this? So I was like, I don't know what to do. So I like said to them, like, I'm not getting like any responses out of my sister. And I feel like maybe I need to like do some things she's interested in so I can know what's up. And so they were like, well, what did she say? And I was like, well, she said she's listening to some girl, Avril Lavigne. So one of the women said, oh my gosh, Avril Lavigne. She was like, I have the CD. I love her music. And she was like, I'll bring it to work for you. And you could listen to it. And then you could talk to your sister about it. So y'all, that's she, so cute. She brought that CD to work. I put that thing in a CD-ROM. Some of y'all are like, wow, Not what's the that? CD-ROM. Wow. <laughs> wow. I put that thing in the CD-ROM. At Redacted Company, we were restricted about listening to headphones sitting at oh, our okay. desk. Can y'all even imagine? So I was like, I don't care. I brought my little headphones from home and put my little headphones in. And I was like, okay. So then the next time that I called Kita, I was like, hey, I listened to Avril's album and I like this song and I like this song. And she was wearing this on the album cover. And it was like, y'all, it was like Kita went from like, yes, fine, sometimes to like, talking to me. And I was like, yes, (laughs) yes. So that like opened up a whole like conversation thing. I'll tell you another thing when you were a teenager. First of all, my sister is responsible for every technological innovation (laughs) that I have ever done. She's basically responsible for that. Okay. She is the reason why I was on MySpace because when you got to be like an older teenager, yeah. you would write to me more on there than you would talk to me. You would send me messages on there. If like I had a question I wanted to ask you, I would write to you on there instead of calling you. And you would tell me like what was going on with your friends and how you were like at that time, I think y'all had moved yeah. to Atlanta, right? So like the differences between school and being like Atlanta area versus what it was like in San Antonio. Like yeah. I would get like all <laughs> the things or sometimes you would chat me. I feel like MySpace maybe had some kind of a chat component or maybe you wrote to me enough that we would be. Yeah, it was like, like we were chatting yeah. on there. Yeah. So that's the reason why I did that. When I first got a cell phone, Kita is the reason I added texting to my plan because you were just like, I'm going to be texting. Like, I'm not going to be like talking on the phone like that. So I paid for my little plan where I could have 1,500 text messages a month. (laughs) (laughs) My sister! Oh my God, this is so sweet! 
And mom was calling me like, I'm going to have to get an unlimited plan because your sister is burning through these text messages. Because <laughs> y'all had like a, there's a certain amount of text messages that were supposed to be shared among you, mom and grandma. Mom was like, we got to figure out something else because your sister is just texting. So then when Keita was like, I don't really be talking on the phone like that. I'm just texting. And I was like, oh, let me add this plan. <laughs> And I look back on it now, Kita, though, and think like, I don't really know what would have happened to our relationship if you hadn't moved here when you were going into your freshman year of high school. Right. Like if we had remained distant, I feel like that was a part of like the saving grace of us remaining close as sisters. Because yeah. by the time you moved here, you were 14. Mm-hmm. And I was just turning 25. So I was in my... It was the young, sexy year. Okay. Yeah, I was in my out here to you. catch, you know, mm-hmm, showing yeah. these legs and yeah, everything. Yeah, you know, I, I had the social life. So I would just come pick you up on Saturdays or whatever and just be like, we would just go run errands together yeah. and just hang out. Yeah. And then, y'all, I will say one thing about my sister, even though I feel like we have a lot of similarities, here is where we're different. When I tell y'all that my sister be speaking her mind, though, and if you have a problem with it, then I think you need to deal with it in your own time. But like, I be having a mind. I be thinking a thousand things before I say it, even if I really do feel whatever way I feel. See, my filter is, you know how niggas got to change the filter in the AC? Mm -hmm. I feel like I should have changed mine like three years ago. (laughs) Like, it's just in there, just like... (laughs) <laughs> it's just a hole there now. It's like everything's getting Literally, through. Literally, like, Everything. I don't even know if it was really ever a hole filter. <laughs> so, y'all, let me tell you how Kita would play me. But now it's the best. But she would play me. She would be like 14, 15. We would have a whole day. We, like, went to Walmart and, like, got the car washed, did all whatever my little errands were. We would hang out and I would talk with her. Right when it was time to go home, Kita would drop some type of, like, bomb on me. like something she saw her friend do, something that happened at school. And she would tell me the really real real. Like, you know, when Snoop was like, it's realer than real deal Holyfield. Like she would tell me that, but like realer than that. And then she would say it to me and she would be like, okay, well, I'll see you later. And she would like get her stuff and walk in the house. And I would be trying everything to appear unshocked. Super trying to be like, yeah, okay. So then after that happened, well, what did they say? Okay, well, how did you feel about that? Like, I would try to keep my face neutral. And then after she was done with the conversation, she would be like, okay, well, I had a great time. Thank you, my sister. And she would like walk herself into the house. And I would just be like, literally what just happened to me? So can you take me back to this time? And what were your thoughts about the move here? And then I would also like you to speak to your ability to be like, here be what's going on and then just go in the house. I think that I definitely had like a romanticized vision of like what it was going to be like living in Atlanta. Because, you know, at that time it was like it was giving so, so deaf. It was giving like bikini strings hanging out of jeans because Sierra. So, of course, I had like all these like thoughts of what living in Atlanta was going to be like. Additionally, I had all these thoughts of like what living in Atlanta where you live was going to be like. I thought that like you were going to come over all the time. I was going to see you every day. We were going to do everything together. And then like when that didn't happen immediately, I was so pissed. But honestly, it was really like hurt manifesting as like angry feelings. I feel it. Because I don't know if you remember this, but there's this one time we lived in that first apartment when we lived in Dunwoody. 
It was a couple times you called the house and I wasn't trying to talk to you. But it was one time you called the house and it was like, you know, me doing my general like petty little sister things. Like I wasn't trying to talk to you. And I think I gave the phone back to mom to talk to you. And I can't remember if you were still on the phone when she did this or if she had hung up the phone. But she came in my room and like angry cried at me that I needed to get it together because I only have one sister and I cannot talk to my sister like that. And I definitely felt so bad. Oh, my God. Like I knew that I was trying to make you feel bad. But it's like when somebody points something like that out, even though you are already aware of what you're doing, it'd be like, oh, wait, you can see me now. I'm embarrassed. Now I'm ashamed of like how I've navigated this. So, yeah, I definitely like remember moving here and like romanticizing it and like it not being exactly the way I thought it was going to be. I remember going to high school for the first day. I went to Wheeler in Cobb County. Whoop, whoop. I still don't really know how to describe this feeling. I guess there was definitely some level of amazement that there were so many people that were not white. Uh... Now it's Cobb County. So y'all know it's still a bunch of white people. Mm-hmm. And it's Wheeler's probably still majority white. But there were also so many more people than where I was that were Black or Brazilian or Korean. Wow. So that was definitely amazing. I remember feeling lonely, but only because I hadn't like made any friends just yet. But it didn't take me that long to make friends, I don't think. I was a theater kid, orchestra kid. I like made friends because of those things. That was definitely like a transition period like in our relationship. It seems to be in 10-year increments, doesn't it? It does, actually, now that we're talking about this. I feel like... That period was like characterized because when we did hang out, it was like basically what you were saying. Like you would pick me up and we would like go to the mall or we'd go see a movie or like, and I think letting me in on like the things that you do with your life in general mm. was really helpful. You right. know, like it wasn't mentorship program vibes. Right. Like you weren't right. like, okay, let me spend this quota time with my sister or whatever. It would be like, oh, I have to go to an open mic. Like, do you want to come with me? Or I'm performing at this thing or I'm hosting this thing. Like, do you want to come with me? And like, I got to meet your friends. And like, I know that we had met some of them when we like would visit you while you were in college, but it was different like after you were out because these were like general life friends, you know, like people like, and at a certain point in adulthood, there's like friends that you have that part of the like foundation and realness of that is that y'all know y'all have to make the effort to nurture it because y'all don't work together or because you don't go to school together because Mm -hmm. you're not in some like concentrated environment where y'all have no choice but to connect. So I think that that was like really helpful. I was just really like your little psychic. Like you would hit me up and like take me to your things and it made me feel like I knew you as a person and that you respected me as a person and that you wanted me around. Because, I mean, to be fair, like, even once I got, like, older, like, I was 18, 19, I still was a kid. Right. But you still made it a point to bring me around. Like, obviously, you were very protective of me, but you, like, Definitely. It, it never made me feel like I was a toddler. Yeah. Also, I mean, as far as the bomb dropping thing goes, <laughs> I'm not even going to hold you. It's crazy because I don't remember most of the shit that I said to you that had that had you press inside. I feel like the biggest thing I remember was that time I cut my hair before Thanksgiving. I had like cut this part and then I had these little like things that went down and like these little bangs. If anybody listens to this podcast, watches anime, I tried to cut my hair like major from Ghost in the Shell. But this is when your hair was still straight. Yes, it was still straight okay. and it was long. Okay. And so if you don't have that reference, feel free to Google it so you can know <laughs> what kind of like visual vibe I was going for. <laughs> also, let's add in the layer that like I'm a Southern Black girl with a Southern Black mama. And that means that there's a lot of everything wrapped up in your hair. Mm-hmm. 
And like what I do with my hair is somehow a reflection of like the quality of my mom's like motherhood and or like womanhood or like general, like, you know, standing as a human. It might have been something I asked her for that she said no or we got in some argument or something. And I just knew that I was going to grind her gears. It was like if you cut your hair, if I cut my hair. And I'm pretty sure it was the day before Thanksgiving. (laughs) Were we going to like be with other extended family members on this Thanksgiving or it was like. A Thanksgiving that was had here in Atlanta. It was just it was just at the house. Okay. I think it was just us. Ooh, honey. I'm pretty sure it was the night before because I remember waking up. First of all, I was very pleased with myself. I was very pleased with my haircut. <laughs> I was very pleased with my haircut. This story is very on brand. It's not this like I very cut it and I was brand. like, oh, well, Keita, why'd you do I was like, ooh, this is cute, girl. <laughs> yes, did that. But I knew my I knew it was gonna be a whole big thing. And I also knew that even though it was gonna be a whole big thing. There was nothing that mom could do to fix it. <sighs> like, yes, I did cut my hair. We're about to have this argument. And then it's going to be over. And my hair is still going to be You know short. what? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I'm so sorry, mom. I'm so sorry. I know I have brought you so much stress. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But I remember getting ready for Thanksgiving, like setting the table and whatever. But I was wearing a hood all day. Remember, mom kept asking me if I was cold. And I was like, no, 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 I'm not cold. I'm fine, I'm fine. Because she didn't know yet. You cut that hair the day before Thanksgiving and did a reveal on a holiday, Keto? I can't remember if I came to your car when you pulled up or what. But I was like, I mean, I have to tell you something. Y'all know that based on the things she had been telling me, y'all know that I was prepared for... <laughs> you were was- stressed. And I just took my hood off and I was like, I cut my hair. And you were like, Keita. Oh my God. You were like, Keita, why did you do this? And I was like, I don't know. I think like me and mom got an argument and I just wanted to cut my hair. You were like, oh my God. I was like, and I've been wearing my hood all day. So mom doesn't know yet. I, <laughs> I'm just. And I'm pretty sure when we came back in the house, I took it off. And I remember mom looking at me and being like, Keita. Whatever mom gets that total voice. <laughs> oh, oh. She was like, Keita, why did you do this? She definitely was like tight. Let <laughs> me see if I can find a picture of that haircut. I really Girl, do. I really do need Girl. this picture in my life. Because... And it was it was in the same like style era for moi that I was wearing suspenders. Do you I remember do this? I do remember this now. Yes. Okay, it's coming back to me now. I had a little, the haircut. A little bang. I mean, it was, it was a little bang. bang. And I had, it was like, I had It was cut. like a little bob. Yeah, almost. it was like yes, a little I bob. Yes, I do remember yes. that. I do remember yes. that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And the chucks. I feel like that's the most vivid story, like, that I remember. In terms yeah. of bomb dropping, like, cutting my hair and being like, yeah, girl, I cut my hair. Also, I haven't told mom yet. Also, I know you're about to walk in the house. Also, I know it's Thanksgiving, but... I forgot about that. It's so interesting, too, because sometimes I feel that way about serious or uncomfortable conversations like now in adulthood. Mm -hmm. It's not scary enough to me to not say it. And it's also not so heavy that I can't laugh while we talking about it. (laughs) That's probably what be pissing my friends and partners off, too. Shout out Anthony, Gene, Liz, Akil, all my peoples, you know what I'm saying? Carter, Reese, people that I'm getting close to, people that I'm in love with. Mm -hmm. I'm in love with pretty much most of everybody that I allow to be in my life. So if I'm not in love with you, then you can't be in my life. <laughs> a fact. I'm sure they'd be blown. But I'd really be like, man, blah, 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 existential crisis. Then I'd be like, insert joke. No, that's that's a vibe for me too. That like, part is I, a vibe for me. Like, I just, I just feel like there's nothing so serious that we can't like laugh about it. I also feel like laughter, like it just takes the edge off things. Mm-hmm. Like just laugh, bro. It's fine. It's like, it's like a tiny vacation. I do enjoy that about 
having serious conversations with you at this season of our friendship, yeah. though, because I feel like there are times that I'm like, some stuff is going on and I need yeah. to call yeah. you and talk yeah. to her about yeah. it. And I feel like I can really like say what I need to say. Mm-hmm. I can cry or whatever mm-hmm. those mm-hmm. feelings are. And then like pretty immediately after that, one of us, yeah, one of us, one of us have cracked a joke. Yeah. Or sometimes in my <laughs> attempt at trying to express, like sometimes the laughter comes up in trying to come up with a metaphor mm-hmm. to express the serious thing that I'm trying to say. Yeah. But the metaphor is so wild. Yeah. That it's making us laugh to even be like, let's try to associate yes, yes. <laughs> this serious thing to this wild metaphor. And then that makes me laugh or sometimes it makes me laugh the way that like you are just so quick to cut through my shit too where like I'll be like calling Keita to be like I think I do remember one year I was having like I mean again this is like a very serious thing paired with like a thing that Keita did that made me laugh but there was like a food holiday that was coming up and I had had a miscarriage around that time a year or two ago yeah And so, like, whenever that holiday would come up, it would be kind of like, I wasn't sure how the grief was going to show up. And so, whatever year this was, the grief popped up, and I didn't have it in me to, like, do all of the cooking that I would normally do. And I shared it with you just because I felt like, you know, I just wanted to tell you and that I was was feeling very sad, you know, and depressed around that time. And so, like, I call Kita and I say all those things. And then, like, she listens and she's like, you know, my sister, I know it's really hard for you to not feel like that, you know, you don't have to please everyone. I know that that's like a temptation for you to feel like you have to please everyone all the time, but it's okay, you know, to just focus on yourself. And like, I think that was one of my first moments You know, because I think that's also an interesting dynamic between like the older sister and the younger sister, that there's a period of time where I am the one who has all of the adult experience. Right. You know? Yeah. And so when you come to me about your teenage relationships, uh uh I can be like, oh, when I had a crush, Uh like when I liked this person, they blah, blah, blah. When I dealt with that school teacher, da, 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 da. Yeah. You know, this is what they said about my grade. You don't need a blah, blah, blah. You know, but there comes a point in the sister relationship where now we're both grown and it really can't be quantified according to the amount of years one's been grown. We're both just right. grown now. Yeah, you know? yeah. And have had like various sundry experiences yeah, yeah, yeah. now. And I think I had to start practicing as I realized what a wise person you were, that our relationship didn't just have to be when you had something going on, right. you coming to tell me. That you and could also gonna, talk to me. Yeah, that yeah. I'm going to bestow my the wisdom of my years on right, you. Right, 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 I think that was another, like, this is a thing I can do that makes my relationship to my sister more healthy. Right. That I don't need to hide from her when things are hard for me. Yeah. Or when I'm struggling with something. Yeah. My job as an older sister isn't to, like, keep up the appearance yeah. that my life is all the things. Yeah, yeah. So I think I started trying to practice in this healthy way saying those things to you so that you could see that like I'm just you know my friend Helen and I always talk about like I'm just a girl in the world you know (laughs) I'm trying to navigate relationships and career and art and whatever I feel like that moment was one of the first times that I said something vulnerable like that to you yeah 
And you really spit back to me a very true thing about myself. And I think it's the realization that not only like as an older sibling, not only is your young, younger sibling also their own person, mm-hmm. a wise person that has like advice they can give you. But on top of that, they know you better than most people mm-hmm. in your whole life. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. you know me because... Yeah. You've seen me like when I didn't know how to clean my room up and my little breakups and whatever, you know, like you've seen me through like a lot of things. Yeah. And so when you spit that back to me, I remember being like, even though it was a very serious and vulnerable moment, for some reason it made me laugh because I was like, she really just told me about myself <laughs> in a in a very loving way. You were very right, gently like, right, right. I can come over and yeah, you know yeah, help yeah. you do this thing. Mom can help do these yeah, things, yeah, yeah. but like even if we don't do any of that, like you're important, you matter. Yeah. Like that's what's more important than keeping up whatever we would normally do around this holiday. We'll eat chips, bro. I don't care. Okay, but like, I think something about you saying that to me had me like, I I was like, no other friend would say it to me exactly like that or would have felt that type of comfort to be like, "Mm, I understand the dilemma here because it is normally hard for you to not please others and put their desires before your own. However, at this situation, I think that you should uplift your desires and that's important too, my sister. And then just got quiet. And I was like, <laughs> she just told me. <gasps> Screaming. And I was like, it's not a lie. <laughs> like everything she said, number one, is accurate as hell. But number two, there was something about you saying that to me that way that also like was a good reminder. Yeah. For me, because yeah. you know me and yeah. you've watched me do the thing yeah, you said. Yeah, yeah. So I do think that also the time where you were in your 20s and I was in my 30s was this good turning point right there. For sure. Of me being like, I don't need to hide this from my sister. Yeah. She doesn't want to have some sort of like stilted perspective of me. So I just need to tell her. Yeah. But then the added layer of like, I also need to accept the things that she's going to say to me. <laughs> Like, I need to accept it and that there's going to be, like, a lot of truth in those moments. I feel like the moment of when y'all moved here to Atlanta, that I was 25 and you were 14. I remember setting the groundwork with mom, like, several times and being, like, very excited that you've decided to move to Atlanta. This flight attendant I'm very excited that you've decided to move to my city. Um, I think it's going to be really useful for you and your career. Okay, okay. Um, I also think it's going to be really useful for my sister's education. So I think that's a great parenting choice. But um, I do just want to let you know that I do have a life with my friends. And so I'm mostly going to be spending time with my friends. And then I will make some time to spend time with you and our other members of our family. But um, the priority is really my social life and what my friends and I are doing. Also want you to know that on birthdays, there will be two gatherings because I need to have a gathering that's just for my friends and I. And I don't think you need to come to that. And so I think our birthday gatherings need to be separated. I think Bruh, I need to Not have... this list of rules. Oh, my God. And bless mom's heart that she was just listening to me. Just like... For real, mom has really loved on us <laughs> and like let us just... We be saying ridiculous things. And her chest be tight about it, but she'd be like, okay, that's how you want to live. There comes a point where like, you sort of have like a decade in there between sort of like your early mid-20s, your early 30s. Yeah. Where you've had a chance to like 
be with your friends. Yeah. You got to travel with them, maybe. You got to do your professional stuff Mm -hmm. and go through relationships and breakups with them and all that. Yeah. And some of them are good to you. You know, you have some good friends. Some of them are shitty to you. And you're like, wow, I need to learn these are not the people to have in my life or Mm -hmm. whatever. But then I do think by the time you're hitting your 30s, you're starting to realize like, wow, there's certain things that happen in my life. And like, here are these people that have been a constant through yeah, that, you yeah, know, and yeah. like brokest moment of my life. Yeah. Where I had to walk into my mom's yeah, house yeah. and ask her and grandma to help me get my car out yeah. of repossession. And they pooled uh-huh. their monies uh-huh, uh-huh. together, you know, and being like, yo, like I've had some friends to help me, but that was like one of the lowest points of yeah. my life. Yeah. And those two women, like- yeah, they were pulled it together for me. So like, I do think the more I went through things in life, I realized like, yo, like you're going to have a very small number of like ride for you friends in your life. Like you're going to have, you're going to be able to count them on one hand. Those friends that will ride for you like that and that remain in your life over time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas like I looked around and thought like, man, this lady as my mom, she'd been there on like my worst days. My best day, she'd been there to celebrate me. She'd been there to tell me some truth and I didn't want to hear that. Yeah. Whatever, you know, and like looking at you as my sister and being like, she really does know me. Yeah. And like remains in my life and wanting to be close to me. And she's seeing all of me. You're seeing me when I'm like at my best. I'm doing great. You seeing me when I'm in like an unhealthy kind of space and you're like, I don't like that. or I don't like that you did that or I don't like this attitude you have, but I'll be here tomorrow. Will. <laughs> you know what I'm Will saying? And, and so Will. I think in a way that in our family unit, because I know that's not the case for all of my family yeah, members yeah, yeah. and not the case for everyone's families, but yeah. in our like immediate family unit, mm-hmm. it's like when I'm in the house with you, mom and grandma, like that's home to me. Yeah, that's home. Like wherever we all are yeah. wherever we all gather together. If I'm sad, I can still come over. Yeah. Because you're not expecting me to have to Nobody be Nobody wants you to perform. And if I got to cry, I mean, we had, I remember we had a gathering like during the pandemic, we were doing all of our like socially distanced family mm-hmm, gatherings. Mm-hmm. And you had something going on that made you cry. Mm-hmm. And like you cried about yeah. it. We were like yeah. listening to that. And then like two minutes after you shared that with us, you told us something that I still, <laughs> it's one of the funniest things. To me. And so we went from like, we crying, you know, we trying right, to yeah. hold that space yeah. for you to us like cackling so loud Bruh. at this. Faces like, be hurting. Okay. You know, and so I'm like, that's a real blessing to me. And yeah, I do same. think that really brought me back to the family in yeah. this way where I felt like I can be here. My being here doesn't take away from me being my own person. Yeah, 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 like, But also, like, I need the groundedness of being with the people that have known me most of my life. Most of my life, in your case, all my life. Yeah. You know, for mom and grandma. So, like, I think I realize now, like, that type of groundedness is important. And as much as I love my friends, I may never quite get that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. From them. Yeah. Once I got to, like, early college, like late high school, I feel like you just treated me like a person and you treated me like I was someone that you were building a friendship with. Like you wanted me to be involved in your life and your things and not just like be trying to project onto me all of your like, I'm smarter than you and I know all the things. I always wanted you 
to know you could come to me. And I felt like if I'm going to save lecturing her so that she feels free to come to me, I would rather that. Like, I want to come here to talk to you. You're not my school counselor. Okay. And I'm not your mama. We love like, our mama, but I'm not your mama. Love you, though. mommy. But you know? you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I'm coming to you because I want to talk to you. And maybe I do want to hear your thoughts, but like, you have to give me your thoughts in a way that you would give your thoughts to your friends. Right. To your peer. Right. And I realized that like, we're not the same age, but like, you wouldn't talk to your peer like they're somehow like, you know, emotionally beneath you or emotionally right. unintelligent or not as intelligent as you are, you know? It's like, don't talk to me like that. Because if you do talk to me like that, now I feel like I don't want to talk to you about nothing. I don't want to hear your mouth about it. Okay. Which means we're not really friends. To me, that meant, especially when you were younger, not as much now, but when yeah. you were younger, that meant if you were in danger, if you right, were in some I type of bad safe, situation. Like, even coming to you. Yeah. And like now, what's that mean? I'm like, I want you to feel like you can come to me all the time, even if I do be freaked out. There's like a level of safety that still feels like you are not going to look down on me for getting myself in something that I had to ask for help to get out of. Mm, mm-hmm. And I feel like that was really important. Yeah. There's just effort. The way that you put an effort with any relationship. Right. Like, like you going to listen to Avril Lavigne, knowing good and damn well, that was big 13-year-old girl taste. <laughs> yeah. And you was you would not have been listening to no damn Avril Lavigne. No. Like, that was not your jam. Even that whole genre of music was not, like, you know, like, you listened to it because of me and because you wanted to have something to relate to me. My sister, thank you for just coming on here and... Talking to me about the sisterhood things. I love having you as a conversation partner. So now, of course, I'm like, we need to think of other things that we can come on here. I know. I was literally just thinking to myself, like, dang, can we talk about our stuff? Grief and trauma around creativity? <sighs> Is that too much? I would like to talk about that. So we have a lot of things that we're Very excited. Makita will be back here on the podcast. But thank you for joining me here and talking about all the sister things. I appreciate it so much. I love you. I love you too. Let's <laughs> squeeze some leftovers. Okay, thank you. Her with Amina Brown is produced by Matt Owen for Soul Graffiti Productions as a part of the Seneca Women Podcast Network in partnership with iHeartRadio. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 
2025 QX80 coming this summer. Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's. Because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. If you're ready for an epic family vacation, there's no better place than sunny Orlando. Exciting thrills, never-ending food festivals, fresh new dining experiences, outdoor adventures, and Florida's natural springs, and so much more. Orlando has it all. And Visit Orlando's vacation planners can help you plan the perfect trip. In Orlando, anything is possible, if you can imagine it. And that's what makes Orlando unbelievably real. Plan your escape today and save at visitorlando.com.